all right, let's get started. Tonight, uh, we, are, uh, we are talking about the spirit as water. And um, we've been talking about the symbols and the metaphors and the, uh, the similes that are used in the Bible to describe the Holy Ghost. And uh, we did fire, we did the dove, uh, and then tonight we're doing water. Uh, there's really only one left, and that's wind. Um, but tonight we're going to do water. So let's pray. Let's ask God to bless the remainder of this teaching. Uh, we have a lot of information we want to cover tonight. And uh, believe God to bless this lesson. Jesus, we thank you for your word. Your word is powerful and it is anointed. God, I'm asking you in your precious name to touch us as we preach and teach in Jesus' name. And everyone said a great big amen. amen. Hallelujah. All right. The spirit as water. Amen. God bless you. Um, by now, we can see that all the manifestations of the Holy Ghost are not only symbols of God's approval and favor, as well as his love, but they are also signs and symbols of God's judgment and disapproval. So every, uh, in every single uh, lesson we've had, and we've, uh, where we've taken a look at the way the Holy Ghost manifests itself, we see that it is a twofold manifestation, or even as far as from a literary standpoint, it is also a twofold meaning. And on one side of the coin, you have God displaying uh, his approval, his love, his acceptance. And then on the other side of the coin, you have God using that very same uh, manifestation and, and, uh, and uh, likeness to display his disapproval. So, for example, the dove was a sign, as we studied, uh, of God's mercy. But that mercy was needed because judgment was pending against humankind. Right. right? And then uh, last week we talked about fire and how that fire was a sign and symbol of God's approval uh, when it would consume sacrifices, etc. But it was also, uh, it also highlighted his disapproval and his rejection. Uh, the same Holy Ghost uh, that, uh, that descended, uh, amen, miraculously over uh, uh, the ministry of, of men like Elijah would also swallow up prophets of Baal. Amen. So we see that, that it had this double uh, meaning, this double uh, representation. Uh, but tonight we're going to explore the spirit as water. Everyone say water. And as we will see, water is no different. Water is both emblematic of God's mercy, love, and acceptance, but it also emerges as a dividing line. Uh, water is undoubtedly in scripture a line of demarcation. What side of the water you're on uh, in the Bible makes a big, big difference. Water is perhaps the most exhaustive of all the manifestations and representations of the Holy Ghost. Uh, we will definitely not be able to cover all of the scriptural uh, parallels between the spirit of God and water, uh, but we will cover a lot of them in what I think are probably perhaps the most significant ones. Can you say amen? amen? All right, so let's get started. And what better place to start the subject of the spirit as water than in Genesis? The spirit of God moved upon the face of the deep. Amen. Uh, uniquely, uh, the very first time that water is mentioned in the Bible, it's not even called water. It's called deep. Amen. And deep is another word used for water in scripture. Needless to say, water, like the spirit of God, was viewed as having an expanse uh, to it that was both terrifying and exhilarating, very much like the ocean. Uh, those who would sail at sea 
not only saw the sea as a threat, but it also represented uh, great opportunity. Uh, the sailors who would put those boats on that ocean or what they used to call in the Bible, the deep. Amen. They, they not only saw that ocean, amen, as being able to take their life. They also saw it as if we can, if we can get on the other side of this ocean, we'll find new places to trade where we might be able to sell our products for more. So there was an excitement as well as um, a terror and a fear. And I really do believe that a relationship with God should be like that. Amen. I really do believe with all my heart that there should be something about us that gets excited about the possibilities of God in our lives. And at the same time, we should also fear the Lord. Hallelujah. And a lot of people these days say that, you know, that that phrase, fear the Lord, doesn't mean to be afraid of God. I beg to differ with you. Uh, I speak enough Hebrew to tell you that that word fear of the Lord means be afraid. Hallelujah. It's not... Uh, it's not dicing words there. Amen. Uh, praise God. Uh, but as far as biblical people were concerned, water was instrumental in the creation event. Amen. <clears throat> God used water uh, uh, to create uh, this world, but it was also instrumental in the flooding of the earth. Amen. So here again, we see that double, that, that two-sided coin where water, amen, is, this, is the very first thing God ever touches in Scripture. It's the very first thing that God ever interacts with through Scripture, and it's the very first thing God ever does or uses to judge mankind. So you can see that two-sided uh, representation there. The perspective that we can all share uh, with people of the past, the present, and the future is that water is also... Uh, what is used to sustain life. Everybody needs water. Amen. And I'm going to take a sip of water right now. Um, what might surprise us, however, is that uh, the people of the Bible or in Bible times, they also viewed water as the catalyst, as the launching pad, as the incubator for all of life. Uh, God used water to bring forth life. Uh, and uh, who's going to read for us tonight? Let's get started. Genesis Chapter 1 and verse 20. Libro de Genesis 1 y el versículo 20. Hallelujah. Amen. Sister Ruiz, number 1. Hallelujah. That would be the, the mother. Hallelujah. And God said, let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that hath life and fowl that may fly above the earth in the open firmament of heaven. All right. Uh, I, I cannot tell you how many times I have read this passage of scripture and not noticed this. But it says, let the water bring forth what? The moving creatures. Uh, what else does it say to bring forth? Fowl that may fly above the earth. Fowl that may fly above the earth. So not only were there, uh, not only were there the original uh, sea creatures and then as well as other creatures, the Bible doesn't specify what they are, but also the fowl came out of the water. Uh, that's, that's what the Bible says. It says, let the waters bring them forth. Um, so water not only, uh, water is not only the first thing God touches, but it's also this, this thing that God brings life out of. Uh, he speaks to it, puts animals in it, and then they come forth. Amen. Uh, so not only is the spirit of God likened to water, but uh, water is also closely associated with the redemptive acts of God. And it is likened and linked uh, with the redemptive acts of God. Uh, an early example of this would be uh, the exodus out of Egypt. The children of Israel, we all know the story, have to come out of Egypt and their final crossing is going to be through water. Mm -hmm. In fact, 
There's a lot of water in the book of Exodus. Amen. At, from the very beginning of the book of Exodus, uh, the, the, the evil Pharaoh, what's he do? He throws the children in the, in the water. Amen. Uh, so uh, when he's trying to kill them in mass, he throws the children in the water. Um, well, there was a little woman by the name of Jochebed. She throws her child in the water too, but she puts him inside of an ark. Amen. And uh, along comes uh, the sister of the Pharaoh, and he, she pulls the baby out of the water, and she calls him Moshe. Amen, which literally means drawn out of water. And uh, water is so significant in the book of Exodus that Moses, who has an Egyptian name, we, we're never even told his Hebrew name. Moses had a Hebrew name. Uh, we don't even know what it is. He keeps his Egyptian name throughout the, whole, throughout the whole Bible. Amen. And his name means drawn out of water in Egyptian. Amen. And that is the name we know Moses by. Um, Moses, uh, in fact, Moses will go on several years later to tell Pharaoh to let God's people go. Uh, and uh, Pharaoh does not want to comply. Uh, so God says 10 plagues, but the first, uh, one of the very first plagues, plague number three, amen, is God turns the water into blood, amen. And then uh, as, as finally uh, Mo, uh, uh, the Pharaoh gives in, they have to go, they cross the Red Sea. And when they get on the other side of the Red Sea, uh, Moses and the children of Israel uh, uh, will be judged. And in Moses' case, will even uh, eventually... Uh, die because of water. Um, they want the water to be drinkable. It's not drinkable. Uh, Moses gets frustrated towards the end of his life. He hits a rock. Water comes out of it. But the Lord tells him, you did not sanctify me in front of the people. You will not go into the promised land. So Moses' life begins in water and ends with water. There's water. And all these things represent uh, the spirit of God and its nature and its it's, uh, it's redemptiveness and it's judgments and it's mercy, etc. cetera. Um, but let, let's move on a little bit more. Um, water is also linked to salvation. Everyone say salvation. Water itself does not actually cleanse us. In fact, uh, the, the scripture uh, talks about water, uh, and what well, talks about baptism, essentially, uh, which of course we all know takes place in water. Uh, but it talks about how that water or baptism doth now save us. First Peter 3.21, uh, it says specifically that baptism doth now save us. But God does not use water to cleanse our flesh. So uh, you're, we're not, when we get baptized, uh, it's not like, you know, you're, the water is not, the water is actually not what's cleansing you. Uh, as far as your body is concerned. It is the name of Jesus Christ. It is faith in the name of Jesus Christ. It is obedience to the gospel. Uh, let's read Isaiah 12, 3 through 4. Isaías 12, 3 y 4. Amen. Let's, let's, let's look at this. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's, let's, let's read a little bit about uh, some get well water. Hallelujah. There's well water and then there's get well water. Hallelujah. Who has Isaiah 12, 3 through 4, Isaías 12, 3 y versículo 4. Janelle. All right. And uh, uh, 
we're going to talk about that in two seconds here. Uh, if someone can go to Psalms 51 and 9, Salmo 51 y versículo 9. But here we see again in Isaiah uh, 12, verses 3 through 4, the Lord uh, talks about um, drawing from the wells of salvation, drawing these waters, amen, from the fountains of salvation, and that we will do it with joy, amen. Again, the Spirit of God uh, there being interlinked and interconnected, amen, with water again. Uh, who has Psalms 51 and 9? Psalms 51 and 9. <coughs> Psalms. Sister Lene, Psalms 51 and 9. All right. Hide thy face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Uh, water. Um, the, Bible, the Bible talks about the blotting. Everyone say blotting. ¿Qué palabra usa en español? ¿Alguien tiene 51 en Yeah. What's the word? Borra. La Biblia habla de borrar. Amen. In English, it talks about blotting. Uh, and there's two kinds of blottings that take place in Scripture. There is when the Lord blots your name out. Um, and that is, it's, again, there is the judgment and the mercy. There's this two-sided coin of, of, of blotting your name out. The first is God hates your guts. Uh, I remember when I took Hebrew classes at the synagogue, uh, when, when, when Jews really are like, uh, when they're very... Uh, when they just like, when they write you off, uh, you'll hear them say, they'll say this, they'll say, may his name be blotted out. May his name forever be forgotten. Uh, they basically, what they are saying is it's an old uh, Near Eastern tradition of uh, what they would do in Bible days is um, they would keep record of what you have done. There would be records kept, written records. And... Uh, uh, your name would be attached to that written, written record. And uh, if you had a debt or whatever or whatever, or the Bible says let his name be blotted out from the book, they would pour water over that name. And those that they didn't have paper like we have. They had papyrus. So it was like a leather. It was like a thin skin. And you can only imagine that when you put water on that ink, because ink in those days didn't wasn't that permanent, but when you put ink on that paper, the name would just blot out. And so there's the, there's the negative side. There's the judgment side where God blots your name out from his book of life. Amen. He, Dios borra tu nombre de, de su libro de, de vida eterna. He forgets about you. You're not, you're not going to enter into his eternal kingdom. Amen. You, you're going to be distanced from him. But then there's the beautiful part of it. And there's the blotting out that takes place uh, when a person had a debt. And the debtor, uh, the, the, the creditor, amen, would have your name on a list. Amen. Hallelujah. He'd have your name on a list. And he would say, Brother John owes $20. Amen. And when Brother John would come to pay off his debt, um, the, the, the creditor uh, was kind enough to say, we want to make sure, amen, hallelujah, that, that we don't forget that you paid your debt. But what we do want to do as a courtesy is blot your name out off our records, hallelujah. So they would go over to where your name is and and, and, and and they would take a little wet cloth and they'd blot it out, hallelujah. And your name would be gone, hallelujah. And then they'd 
they take a little piece of paper and a little little rag and some water and blot out the amount you owed and and all of a sudden amen you're you're free you're clear you're clean hallelujah and that's that's what the bible is talking about when it says that god blots que dios borra nuestros nombres hallelujah está 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 indicando está hablando de cuando dios Amen. Borra los pecados de uno. Hallelujah. Y ya no estamos endeudados a nadie. Hallelujah. Amen. We are no longer in debt to God. Hallelujah. The, it is paid in full, as the Bible says. Hallelujah. Amen. All debts are, we are, we are, that's why the scripture, you'll notice how much our salvation is talked about in accountant terms. It talks about we, we are reconciled unto Jesus Christ. Your debt has been reconciled. Uh, the, the, it's paid. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, your, your name is not there anymore. Hallelujah. Amen. But your name is now in another book. Hallelujah. You don't want to get your name blotted off that book. Hallelujah. Amen. But uh, let's, let's, let's now talk about where these are just the things that are associated uh, with the spirit of God and water. I want to talk to you about the actual times where the spirit of God is actually referred to as a water. Because it only happens twice. And it happens in the book of John chapter 4 and in the book of John chapter 7. Hallelujah. So if somebody can open up John chapter 7. But um, in John chapter 4, there is something Jesus talks about uh, living waters uh, that will proceed out uh, from the people that drink them. And these living waters will not allow that person to ever thirst again. Um, In chapter 4, he only says, Jesus only tells the woman at the well that he will give her this living water. But what Jesus does not elaborate on is what it is. What is living water? All right. So let's read chapter 7, 37 through 39. Who has that? Uh, Jesse. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried saying, any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was neither given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. All right. So this here marks the very first time in the scripture where the Spirit of God is actually called a water. Hallelujah. And not just any kind of water. It is called a living water. And now, now this is powerful. Uh, you'll notice the very first verse, 737, says, On what? On that last day of the what? Of the feast. In Jewish tradition, um, there, there was this feast of tabernacles. Um, Jesus is right now, he is standing in the temple on, on the very last day of the Feast of Tabernacles. It is Jewish tradition even until this day that on the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles, they open up the book of Zechariah to chapter 14, and then they jump over to the book of Ezekiel chapter 47. Both of these chapters talk about waters flowing out of the temple of God in all directions. Hallelujah. And, um, and now Jesus is saying, amen, uh, this thing here, this is not the temple. This body you're looking at right here, this is the temple. And he says, if any man thirsts, let him come unto me. Hallelujah. And 
if and I will I will I will give him living waters. Hallelujah. And uh, so Jesus is now Jesus is making some big claims. You got to remember they just heard these two verses read a few minutes ago, and now Jesus has the crowd rounded up, and he's saying, if you really want to drink, if you really want to see the waters flow out of the temple, listen to me. Come to me, all ye that are burdened and weary, heavenly, and I will give you rest. Amen. And uh, but but Jesus is now speaking on the last day of the feast, alluding to the very scriptures from which they just read. And we know that today the temple of God, amen, is actually us. Amen. Now today, 2017, right. you and me, usted y yo, somos el templo de Dios. We are the temple of God. Hallelujah. And it is now going to be from within us, from our hearts. Uh, Jesus here in the King James says the word belly. Amen. The Jews actually see the belly, the navel, as the center of the earth, which is Jerusalem in their mind. Amen. But but Jesus is actually saying, amen, it's not, the waters aren't going to flow from Jerusalem, people. They're flowing from me, from Jesus. I am I am the center of the universe. Hallelujah. I'm everything. But, uh, but Jesus says that now uh, waters will flow out of your belly. Amen. Um, not, not because you are a charismatic, wonderful, beautiful person. It has nothing to do with you. Jesus is the source. Amen. Amen. The Holy Ghost. The Bible says he spake these things of the Holy Ghost, Amen. of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Uh, when you get the Holy Ghost inside of you from the very core, from your core, from your very being, from your most inner part, amen, there's going to be waters that begin to flow. You are the temple of God. They're going to flow in every direction. Amen. When you, uh, I remember when I first got the Holy Ghost, I could just not be quiet. Amen. Yo me acuerdo cuando yo primero recibí el Espíritu Santo, no me podían callar. Hallelujah. No me iban a callar. Hallelujah. Yo le decía a todo el mundo, hallelujah, que yo había recibido a Jesucristo y que Jesucristo me había recibido a mí que ha habido un cambio en mi vida porque así es el Espíritu Santo fluye como aguas vivas aleluya and you'll notice when you get somebody full of the Holy Ghost amen they're gonna, they're, they're gonna they might even get fired from their job for talking about it so much hallelujah they may get in trouble at school they're, they're definitely probably gonna get in trouble with their uh, with their family at home amen there's gonna be all this all this trouble that takes place because these people are now the, the waters are flowing out of the temple Hallelujah. And they're going in every direction. They're hitting mothers and mother-in-laws, fathers and grandpas and friends and drug dealers and, and uh, the world and the stranger on the bus and the, and the lady at the bar. And it, it's just flowing. It's just going. Hallelujah. And they're living waters. Everyone say living waters. Hallelujah. They're not just any kind of water. Well, and let, 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 me, let me elaborate as to why he uses living waters because it's actually associated with the word right before. It's called rivers of living water. So funny today, I, not even thinking about this, uh, I was scrolling through some website and I saw a picture of a man floating in like water, and but he wasn't moving. I mean, he was like dead still. And immediately I realized where he was. He was in Israel, and there was he was in the the Dead Sea, and the reason it's called the Dead Sea is because it is so filled with salt that nothing can live in it. It's not living waters, it's dead waters. It's the Dead Sea. But a river, a river is fresh water. A river is going to have a whole ecosystem around it. There's going to be bushes and bugs and, and there's going to be cattle and lions that come drink out of it and crocodiles that swim in it and fish. It's, the, the water is living water. It, it, it's, it's a habitation. 
It's a sanctuary of life. Hallelujah. And uh, in fact, that's where the ocean gets a lot of water is from rivers. Hallelujah. Uh, the rivers, the living rivers inside of you are meant to go out into the ocean of humanity. Hallelujah. Uh, the, the waters inside your belly, uh, their, their purpose, amen, is to reach out, amen, to flow, to, to be a channel. Amen. In fact, that is the definition of a river. It is a freshwater channel. Hallelujah. Uh, it, that, that goes out, that feeds oceans and sometimes even other rivers and other lakes. But, but, but Jesus here and the scriptures here say that the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost is a river. And I'm so glad it's not a cup. It is a river of living water. It is not a, it is not a cup. You can drink from it. It feeds. It's, a, it's, it's, it's this immense, massive, uh, amen, uh, 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 source and resource, amen, of life. Can you say amen? amen. But, and we're going to close here soon, but this is actually one of the meatier parts of this whole lesson tonight. Before you can get the river, there's something you have to do. And Jesus tells us what that is. In that seventh chapter, he says, you must believe in me as the scriptures hath said. You cannot, in, you cannot come up with your own version of Jesus and expect to get living waters. And there's a lot of people that the reason, you know, there's a lot of reasons people don't get the Holy Ghost, but I'll tell you the number one reason, according to Jesus, is because they don't believe in Jesus as the scriptures had said, have said. Amen. And, and, and I'm just going to go through a few verses. Now, remember, Jesus... Jesus is talking before the New Testament was written. So what scriptures is he talking about? He's talking about the Old Testament. And he's saying, you must believe in me as the scriptures, as the Old Testament has said. Amen. And uh, you have a lot of people that don't even want to preach out of the Old Testament today because they think it's this book written by a mean old God in a solar-powered wheelchair uh, who just wants to hit has a stick in one hand and candy in the other. And if you do good, you get candy. And if you do bad, you get stick. Hallelujah. But that's really not the way the Old Testament is. Amen. But let's talk about Jesus in the Old Testament, as the scripture has said. In Genesis 3.15, who can read that for me? And this is going to be the only one we're really going to read. And then I'm going to bombard you <coughs> with several other verses. Genesis 3 y 15. Hallelujah. Genesis 3 y 15. <coughs> Sister Janelle. 3.15. Genesis 3 y 15. All right. This is the first prophecy we ever read about Jesus Christ. And there is so much packed into that prophecy. But Jesus says, if you must believe in me as the scripture, of, as the scripture has said, what does this first prophecy of Jesus Christ say? It says that Jesus Christ, the seed of a woman. And we have to stop right there very quickly because um, that those words right there are very significant. They testify of the fact that Jesus Christ is, as the scripture calls, the son of man or the son of humankind. Amen. He is a human being. Amen. He does not have divine flesh. Amen. 
He has human flesh. Yes. Jesus cries like you cry. Jesus gets hungry like you get hungry. Uh, Jesus has uh, is very human. Amen. And I say this like, and I'm going to keep saying this. Uh, Jesus is not half man, half God. He is all man, all God. Hallelujah. And he is he is the seed of the woman. And uh, you must also believe not just that he is human. You must believe that Jesus Christ is the defeater of Satan. Amen. Hallelujah. You've got to believe that. Amen. You've got to be sold out on the idea that when you are being fought and resisted by satanic forces, that the psychologist can't help that. The police cannot help you. Amen. The president cannot help you. There is not a Moab bomb. Amen. To take care of uh, spiritual strongholds. There is a God. Hallelujah. Who manifested himself in flesh. Hallelujah. And he will defeat the serpent hallelujah praise god amen in fact the very the whole purpose or as the scripture calls it the telos of jesus christ amen is the, the scripture says in first john for this reason for this purpose was jesus christ manifested to destroy the works of satan and the works of satan inhabit humanity they, that's where that's where he puts strongholds in our minds, in our hearts, in our lifestyle, in our money, in our health, in our, in our children, in our job, wherever he can get a foothold in. Amen. That's where he tries to, and the Bible says, that's what Jesus Christ came to destroy. That's what Jesus Christ came to annihilate. If you are going to receive these rivers of living water, you've got to believe that Jesus is, amen, a human being. He is all man, all God. You've got to believe that Jesus Christ is the only answer, the only power capable of defeating Satan. Amen. Hallelujah. If you are going to believe in Jesus, as the scripture said, you're going to have to believe, as Isaiah said in 7 and 14, that he was born of a virgin. Hallelujah. We believe that Jesus Christ was born of a virgin. Hallelujah. If you're going to believe in Jesus Christ, as the scriptures have said, you're going to have to believe, amen, in Psalms 45 and in Daniel chapter 2, where both of them state that thy throne, amen, is it's anointed forever. It's an eternal throne. Amen. You, you, I'm telling you, these are good scriptures to believe in. You, when you lift your hands and pray and you want some of those rivers to go and to flow and to fill you up, amen, it helps you to believe, amen, that God is on a throne. Hallelujah. And it is an eternal throne. Jesus is not going to be voted out four years from now. Jesus is not going to be impeached. There's a lot of people that don't like him, but he cannot be impeached. Hallelujah. He's not going to be dethroned. He's not going to be taken down. Um, Jesus doesn't have a vice president. Hallelujah. Jesus doesn't answer to a cabinet. He doesn't have a republic. Hallelujah. He is on the throne and it is an eternal throne. Hallelujah. That's not what I'm saying. Amen. That is what the scriptures are saying. Amen. Hallelujah. If you are going to get these rivers flowing, you're going to have to believe as Isaiah said again in 714 that he is Emmanuel, which means God with us. Amen. If you are going to believe in Jesus, as the scriptures have said, you are going to have to believe, amen, that Jesus was manifested in the flesh and rejected of his own people. Psalm 69 and Isaiah 53. You're going to have to believe that Jesus, amen, was very much a prophet like Moses. And I don't have time to get into all that. Deuteronomy chapter 18. You're going to have to believe that Jesus, amen, is declared the son of God. Psalms 2 and 7. You're going to have 
to believe that Jesus, amen, heals the brokenhearted. Isaiah 61, 1 through 2. Hallelujah. You're going to have to believe that Jesus, as the scriptures have said, amen, is a priest after the order of Melchizedek. Psalms 1, 10 and 4. You're going to have to believe that Jesus is king. Psalms 2 and 6, Zechariah 9 and 9. Hallelujah. If you're going to believe in Jesus as the scriptures have said, you're going to have to believe that he resurrected from the dead. Psalms 16 and 10. Psalms 49 and 15. If you are going to believe in Jesus as the scriptures have said, you're going to have to believe, amen, that he is the sacrifice for sin. Isaiah 53, 5 through 12. Hallelujah. If you start believing in Jesus as the scriptures have said, you're going to get rivers of living water. When you start thinking about that eternal throne, when you start thinking about that resurrection from the dead, him being the king, hallelujah, him healing the brokenhearted, him being a prophet after the order of Moses and Melchizedek, hallelujah. I'm telling you, when you start thinking on those things, hallelujah, there's going to be rivers. You can feel it right now, hallelujah. There's going to be rivers that are going to start flowing, hallelujah, out of your belly, out of your core, out of your most inner being, hallelujah. These are the scriptures have said, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, let's magnify Jesus right now. Oh, Jesus. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Oh, let's lift our hands one more time and magnify Jesus. Oh, Señor Jesús, te alabamos, Señor. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. I cannot stress to you how important it is to believe on Jesus as the scriptures have said. And uh, I only went through the Old Testament so that you could get a picture of what those people were hearing. But I want you to know that we would be here all night if I went through what the New Testament has to say about Jesus. The Bible says you are complete in him. Hallelujah. When you believe in Jesus, as the scriptures have said, amen, you don't need a new boyfriend, a new girlfriend, a new outfit, a new purse, a new car, a new house. Amen. You know, you are complete in Hallelujah. Amen. You don't, you don't need a, a therapy session with Dr. Phil. Hallelujah. Anybody else? Hallelujah. You are, you are complete in him. Hallelujah. And uh, these are, this is what the scriptures, this is what the scriptures have said. Amen. We've got to believe in Jesus as the scriptures have said. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Let's all stand. Praise God. Hallelujah. We're going to take just a few seconds right now. Hallelujah. We're going to pray for one another. And we're going to let the rivers flow. 